This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2016. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Luke chapter 6. Luke's Gospel chapter 6. Just give you a moment to find that. Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verse 6. Let me just take a quick drink. So Luke 6, 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts. And said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. And let me just quote the words of Jesus from Mark 10, verse 27. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God... All things are possible. The Bible is full of people who were hopeless cases, facing impossible situations, going through the most difficult and trying circumstances. People whose circumstances with men were impossible, but thankfully not with God, for with God all things are possible. I think of the little woman with the issue of blood who for all of those years tried every known cure, went to every doctor, spent all that she had, but rather than getting better, she grew worse. For with men, it wasn't possible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Think of the man of Gadara who was wild, who was possessed with demons, whom the townspeople would chain and try to bind, but they couldn't. He would snap them like twigs. For with men it was impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. 5,000 men besides women and children had been with Jesus for three days. Now they were hungry, But all the disciples could find were five little barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? With men it was impossible, but not with God. Think of Jesus turning water into wine. What would take months took but a moment. Because with God all things are possible. It's amazing the miracles that Jesus performed and the healings, excuse me, that he bestowed upon many, that in his day, and actually until recent times, 
were impossible with men, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. The blind received their sight, the deaf heard, the dumb spoke, the lame walked, the lepers were cleansed, the dead were raised. All of these things were impossible with men, but not with God. Some of these illnesses were long-standing, deep-seated diseases, many of them terminal. Some suffered for 12 years, some 18 years. The man at the pool of Bethesda lay for 38 years. Some were physical, some were demonic, some were the results of a sinful life. Jesus said to the man at the pool, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. But regardless of how and when these infirmities and illnesses came upon men, and even though they were impossible for men to cure, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. The context of the scriptures we just read together in Luke 6 concerns Jesus healing a man in a synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, because we talked about Jesus healing on the Sabbath days, just I think maybe two Sundays ago, uh, I'm not going to make that the primary reason this morning why I told you this story. Whoever this man was with a withered hand, and we don't know his name, but we know he was a God-fearing man. He loved to go to the synagogue, probably had went to the synagogue since he was a boy. And he loved to hear the Torah being read and the Psalms and the prophets and the writings. And of course, he'd be very familiar with the, the, the customs and the habits of the synagogue. He would know exactly what was going on. And so this particular Sunday he went, I'm sure in his mind, he didn't think it would be any different than any other Sabbath, I should say, than any other Sabbath he would go to the synagogue. But this day would be very, very different for this man. Because this day Jesus was in the house. It says in verse 6 that Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. Hmm. Wouldn't you love to be there? I wonder what he taught. I wonder which scroll he took. I wonder what was his text. I wonder what masterful lesson he gave that day. He spoke with authority, not as the scribes. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. And while everyone was paying close attention, rapt attention to every word that he spoke, those scribes and Pharisees were listening for an entirely different reason because they wanted to find an occasion against him. And of course, he knew all of their thoughts, of their hearts. And I can imagine this man with a withered hand sitting maybe at the back of the synagogue intently watching and listening this tall Galilean as he broke the bread of life from one of the scrolls. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all of them record that he had a withered hand. But it was only Dr. Luke who tells us it was right hand. Being a doctor, he would notice such things. Now, if he was born with a withered hand, 
he probably got on with life without too much difficulty because he would be accustomed to that. That's all he would ever have known. Uh, like little Melanie in the Philippines and helping hands, born with no hands and no feet. She's at school today and she can write better than I can write. And nothing seems to faze her because she has not known anything else in her life. But I think if he had been born this way, I, I think that maybe Dr. Luke would have mentioned that. Most likely it happened later in life, maybe through an accident, maybe through an illness or some disease. But every day that withered hand would remind him of what should have been his strength had now become his weakness. What he had leaned on had become a liability. Perhaps over the years, like the little woman with the issue of blood, maybe he too had tried all kinds of cures and fixes and remedies, but it was impossible with men, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Now he didn't know that as he was sitting there listening Jesus teaching, he didn't know that at any moment he was about to become the center of attention. He'd just gone to the synagogue on the Sabbath like every other time. But that day was to be a life-changing moment for him. However, because he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath, we know that whatever caused this hand to be withered did not put him off going to the house of God, did not put him off going with God. The reason I say that is because over the years I have seen so many believers when something bad happened in their lives, they came cool towards God and they isolated themselves and they started to miss the house of God and maybe actually blame God and became critical and cynical and angry and bitter. And church, usually in that instance, becomes the first thing that's gone. But not this man. Not this man. Even though his hand was withered, and even though whatever happened in his life he did not blame God. And he did not stop going to the house of God. And there's a lesson for every one of us right there. We don't always have the answer to the things that happen in life. Clever said a little while ago that life is not even. It doesn't run evenly. Stuff happens. So let's not fall into the trap when it does. Start to point the finger at God who loves us. He's merciful and generous and compassionate towards us. So I wonder today, is there a part of your life that has withered, that has dried up? Something that once was strong in your life, but now is weak. Something that perhaps was once alive, but now is dead in your life. Something that once was profitable but now is a liability. Something that was once a help, but now seems to be 
a hindrance. Maybe it was a dream that you cherished. Maybe it was a calling that you walked in. Joseph, for 22 years, he had a dream. And when he had that dream, it seemed like all hell broke loose against him. His brothers betrayed him, sold him into slavery, put him in a pit. He ended up as an Egyptian slave, now as a Potiphar, and then ended up in prison. Before he ever got to the palace, all those 22 years, it seemed like his dream was mocking him, that it would never happen. It seemed impossible, but not with God. Moses, for 40 years, languished in the backside of the desert, looking after his father-in-law's sheep. The great deliverer, the man who was called by God to deliver a nation. But for 40 years, it seemed like his dream was weathered, his calling was weathered, and had died, but not with God. David spent so much time in exile, on the run from Saul, the jealous king who wanted to kill him. And he hid in caves and dens, not only from Saul, but even from his own treacherous son, Absalom, who also wanted to kill him. And for all those years, he was a king without a crown. He had no throne. It was promised. It was prophesied. But it seemed like it would never happen. Even his own son was against him and wanted to kill him. It seemed impossible, but not with God. Peter could pinpoint the very day, the very hour, when metaphorically speaking, his right hand withered. In that moment, when he went from bravado to cardus, in a moment, when he denied even the Lord Jesus Christ. John and the Isle of Patmos, after all of the years of service, all of the years of taking care of Jesus' mother, all of the years of serving the church, senior elder statesman, the only one standing out of all the apostles, and as an old man, He's carted off to a penal colony of Rome, the Aegean Sea, Patmos. And it seemed like everything he had ever lived for and worked for was a waste. But it wasn't. What about you today? Is there a part of your life that is withered? And it seems like it would never be useful again. The word weathered here is zeros, which means dried up. Dried up like dry land, something that is dry, that is unfruitful, that is barren, that is unproductive, that's without sap or vitality or life. Well, take heart today, for the Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. God hasn't changed his mind about anything about your life, any plans he has for you. God hasn't changed his mind. It may seem impossible. 
Joseph, Moses, David, Peter, John may feel that their ministries are over. They could never regain. <laughs> it was dried up, but it hadn't. It hadn't. It hadn't. Hmm. Peter went on to be a great evangelist, mighty soul winner. John went on to his greatest ministry ever when he wrote the book of Revelation. We know what happened to Joseph and to Moses and to David. God had not finished with any of them. So while Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, he couldn't help noticing this man with the withered hand. And he couldn't resist doing something about it. Even though he knew that it was going to stir up a hornet's nest with those religious scribes and Pharisees. So he said to the man with the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And in front of the whole synagogue, the man duly obeyed. And Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, I ask you one thing, is it lawful in the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Now to do this in front of a hostile crowd, it took courage. It took faith. It took obedience. Remember the trouble in John 9, the man got into that Jesus healed. He put mud in his eyes. He told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. It was also on the Sabbath day. And the scribes and the Pharisees were absolutely livid. They said, this man is a sinner because he has worked on the Sabbath day. And he said to the man, who is this man? He says, I don't know. He must be a sinner. He's worked on the Sabbath day. He says, well, I don't know anything about that. All I know is once I was blind, now I can see. That's what I know. Were you blind from birth? Yes. Well, let's get your parents to prove it. Now he says, yes, he was born blind. But he's a big fellow. Now you go ahead and ask him because they were scared of getting put out of the synagogue. Because anybody that admitted that Jesus was the Christ would be excommunicated. And so they went back to the man again, wanting him to deny. And he says, no. In fact, he says, are you going to become his disciples too? And they run him out of the synagogue. So it took courage for this man to take a stand here. And stretching out his hand may have seemed a foolish thing to do. He probably hadn't done that in years. It seemed pointless. What would be the point? It's useless. It's lifeless. It's dead. No one has been able to cure it. No one could restore it. For with men it was impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And the Bible says as he did so, as he did so, his hand was restored whole as the other. What a moment that must have been. Wouldn't you love to have been there and seen that with your own physical eyes? 
Now notice Jesus didn't pray over this man's hand. He spoke no words over it. He didn't anoint it with oil. He simply said, stretch out your hand. That was all he said. He asked the man to do something that in the natural seemed pointless, futile, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And when he stretched out his hand, something extraordinary, something supernatural, something beyond human understanding happened in an instant. It was restored as whole as the other. I notice the two things that Jesus asked him to do. He asked him to stand up, arise and stand here, often to reclaim something in our lives that has been lost. We have to stand up on the inside. We have to stand up in obedience. Joseph in 22 years could have become a very bitter man. Seemed like everything was against him and everybody was against him. But instead he became a better man. Not a bitter man. Moses had to stand up and go and face Pharaoh. His anonymous. And he did. And we know what happened. David had to stand up. He had to come back. And he had to reclaim his rightful throne. Peter had to stand up. Even though he was a complete and utter failure. But he had to stand up on the inside. And became a mighty man of God. Notice the second thing he said to him. He said, stretch out your hand. Jesus asked the man to reach out to him that which was withered. That which was useless. That which had died. That which had no power. Jesus said, reach it out to me. His weakest part, part that was a constant reminder of how things used to be, how things were meant to be, it may seem pointless, it may seem a waste of time. What could Christ possibly do with something that was so withered and dead? Huh. But he was obedient. He was obedient. He didn't know what Christ could do with that hand. All he knew was to stretch it out. That was his part. That's the most he could do. That was the best he could do. That was the only thing he could do. God would do the rest. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. What about that willard part of your life and my life? What if we dared just reach it out to Jesus today? What if we 
dared in obedience reached it out. Do you think he could do something about it? Do you think he could go beyond what we could do or anybody else can do? I think so. With men it may seem impossible. With you it may seem impossible. With me it may seem impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Several times this morning I have quoted those words of Jesus in Mark 10, 27. For with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. But Jesus also said something in Mark 9. Remember the man who had a son, a boy who was possessed with demons? They came to the disciples to cast them out, and they could not. They couldn't do it. So he came to Jesus. And he said, I asked your disciples to cast them out, but they could not. Will you help me? And Jesus asked how long they had been there and explained the whole situation. But in verse 23, Jesus said to that man, when he says, will you help me? Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Remember what the man said to him? Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, there may be those who say, well, there's not much faith in that. You're trying to ride two horses here. But Jesus didn't say anything like that. When he said, Lord, I believe, that was enough. Help my unbelief. Sure he would. <laughs> and what was about to happen would cure his unbelief forever. <laughs> and Jesus went and he cast those spirits out. And the boy was restored. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so today, let our belief rise above our unbelief. That's what this man did. He let his belief overcome his unbelief. And that was enough for Jesus. So you may be struggling somewhat today. You say, well, David, it's difficult. I'm trying my hardest. Sometimes that unbelief wants to overpower me. Well, let your belief overpower your unbelief. As soon as he said to the Lord, I believe, that was enough for Jesus to work with. <laughs> and if we believe today, that's enough for him to work with. And that can overcome our unbelief. For with God, all things are possible to him who believes. So where are we today?
Ezra of heart of our lives that is withered. I dare to say in all of our lives, if we think about it, there's a part of our lives that are withered. That used to be. That was. But right now isn't. It's not what it used to be. But right now We need Jesus to restore it. He's in the restoration business, isn't he? Scriptures are full of men and women who's had their lives restored and has had parts of their lives restored, whether that's physical or spiritual, whatever. God loves to restore. And maybe you've been going through a difficult period. I know that some of you have been going through difficulties, some of you for years going through difficulties. But I know you're believing. Yes, there's times it's a struggle. Yes, there's times maybe you say to yourself, is this worthwhile? It is. (laughs) Lord, I believe. And as soon as he hears those words... He wants to restore. So can we believe together this morning? Can we believe that Christ, the miracle worker, the one to whom nothing is impossible, can we dare to believe that whatever has weathered in our lives will come back to life again and that God can use it for his glory? And it will be a blessing to us and others through us. Can we believe that today? Will we dare to believe that? Because nothing is impossible with God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.